Good morning. Uh, this is Tanya here again with another podcast. I have Miss Charity with me. Say hi, Charity. Hello. Miss Charity, you'll hear her frequently with me along with some other people as we speak with the different personalities that we're going to introduce you to. Today, we have a gentleman that goes by the name of Sean, and we're going to hear a little bit about his battle with multiple sclerosis multiple sclerosis <laughs> y'all I can't seem to talk today um Sean was diagnosed not too long ago and it's been a really hard walk for him but on the same hand he has overcome a lot of his obstacles and inspired a great deal of people so Sean when did you first realize you had multiple sclerosis uh, I first realized I had multiple sclerosis probably back well, I went to the doctor back in 2015, and my doctor told me I had multiple sclerosis. Well, first of all, I keep changing. You're fine. Uh, You're fine. Just relax. First of all, I went to a neurologist, and he told me I had a whole bunch of mini strokes. And it went on, it went on. Well, to find out, that wasn't true. He was telling me false stuff. So I got another neurologist who did an MRI on me, and she told me I had multiple sclerosis or whatever. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that had to be very impactful on your life, especially since, as you were telling me, you had recently lost your parents. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, lo- I lost my parents. I lost my dad in 2010. And then I lost my mom in 2012. Uh, and it's been a very, very hard road losing your parents. Because I tell people all the time, don't take your parents for granted. Because they can be here the next day they can be gone. So. Now, Charity, that's something you can relate to recently, losing your mom. Definitely. So. My mom passed away in April and then my dad's in the rehab so I don't have either one of them I mean I can talk to my dad because with the rehab he can have his cell phone versus jail which you guys helped me get him in there and if it wasn't for that I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't have my mom or my dad which so that's something you can relate to definitely with Sean here yeah um Sean how old were you when you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis I was let's see I was 27 or 28. And how old are you now? I'm 33. 33. So you have had multiple sclerosis. What are, help me with the math here. You said how old? 27? Yeah. 27. Six or years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six, Six years. years. So what did you think? What was your first reaction, your first emotion when you heard? Uh, when I heard that I was... At a standstill, I was just thinking, I'm like, well, I, I thought this, and I was like, well, if I got multiple sclerosis, I was like, well, I know I can't change that. I I had to put in myself, and it took me a long time. I had to put in myself that I got this, and this is going to always stick with me. I can't go and change this. Right. So, I just 
been learning and every single day to this day now is a is a learning stage for me with it. So what did you what was life like back before multiple sclerosis? Like what aspects of your life it had to have altered your life drastically? Yes it did. Uh well like you were mean on the drums. <laughs> yes. And like I I still got an ear for music. Yeah. But me and my brother was talking there uh, not too long ago, and he asked me about the drums. I said, I can still play the drums. Sure it's can. just It's just my timing, and the timing is everything about playing the drums. So it's like I can get up there and play the drums, but I can't keep a good timing. And it wears you out. I remember that one time that we got to yes. witness the first time you played drums since your diagnosis with MS. Mm-hmm. And we were all just, excuse me, we were all just so proud of you. You were exhausted. Yeah. You were exhausted. And you had to give up driving. Mm-hmm. I had to give up driving. Uh, probably about two or three years ago, I had a police officer come to my door. And he knocked on my door and he just said just hand them here just give them to me because before then before then I was driving <laughs> I was driving I was about to say if he came to your door asking for your license what did you do yeah before then I was driving and I I was trying to cause my grandmama yeah she do fly she fly <laughs> so I was trying to keep up with my grandma who was trying to go to state farm and when I turned I turned right in front of a car. Didn't hit the car. Luckily, I didn't, but I almost did it. But when I turned in front of that car, I was right there in front of the courthouse where the officers were looking out the window. <laughs> and they was like... We gotta go get that man. Yeah, they was like, dang. Sounds like grandma <laughs> needs to be behind the wheel of NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, she do. And luckily, my my grandma, I love her to death. She's still driving. My grandma's 86 years wow. old, and she's right. still driving. Right. I hear you talk about your grandma a lot. At least you, you have a support system, somebody who yeah. can help you, you know. Yeah. Get through stuff and help you get your day-to-day things done. Well, I, I got my grandmama, and I got my aunt. Your aunt, yeah. Since... Since when you know my mom and daddy they passed away or whatever. My aunt, my brothers, uh my grandmama, they all been stepping up. All my cousins, they all been stepping up and being that that mom and dad that I need That's good. at this time. And you have a big family, you know, you got lots of cousins and stuff, right? You have, you know, you you have a lot of people around. Yes. I don't know a lot of them choose to help you, but I know that you're you're you know a lot of people. I know when you had done a live with him mm-hmm. a long back, and it had like so, so many, many like, views, right? Like he, so many people knew and you. comments. So, yeah, I don't know how I many mean, people are choosing to help, but I know that that you have. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of there's, yeah, a, there's a, lot a lot of shout outs. Right. But that also makes me think of your emotional state, and this is one of the aspects that nobody talks about. And this is something. This is one of the things I want to talk about, and this is where rubber meets the road. Um, there's another one after this, but emotionally, you did not do well emotionally when you first 
thought you had seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents had passed. Tell us a little bit about where you went emotionally. Uh, emotionally, uh, when when my dad first of all, when my dad died. I mean, first of all, when my dad died. We was like kind of expecting that because my dad died of lung cancer. We was expecting that. We was at the hospital and everything, and he, we knew he was going to die. Now, my mom, she just flat out and died. We didn't know it was coming out of anything. So that was really, really hard. Like, when my dad died, we was expecting him not to live much longer. But mom was just sudden. Yeah. Mom then, was just... Right. So you had time to to talk to your dad and you, you had to have that, that peace and that final conversation. You mm-hmm. knew he was going to be leaving soon. Yeah. But your mom, it just one day she just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And she, she wasn't sick or anything. She was just, mm-hmm. just gone. And just, I couldn't imagine. And then you go through these hardships, these health hardships, like your seizures. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I first got diagnosed with epilepsy, my mom was one of the first people I called. And I can remember sitting in the car outside of Walmart, t- petrified, absolutely petrified because mine sound induced. And I was like, I can't go in this store. I can't go get my medicine. And um, I had my mom. So I'd imagine, I cannot imagine the emotional roller coaster first when you found out you were epileptic or not epileptic. Yeah, a seizures. They thought you were epileptic. And then realizing you weren't but you had multiple sclerosis so it was a whole nother issue you and then to, to deal to learn to deal right with. and then the one person we reach out to you know what do, who do we call when we're hurting who do we call when we're sick um that alone had to be really difficult your mind had to go to some dark places yes they did and you know mom <laughs> My mind it just went crazy. I I mean it's like I can't even remember the time that they told me that I had MS, multiple sclerosis, and everything. Because it's like I'm just like what? Because at first I didn't understand what MS was. A lot of people don't. It's a very um unknown there's not a lot of education out there on multiple sclerosis yes and i had to do a lot of reading up on it and i just recently found out probably about a year or two ago that ms works on your mind too makes you forget things Mm -hmm. a lot of things and i'm like i ain't so i'm still dealing with a lot of things with ms and it affects your muscle movements, mm-hmm. your coordination. You have to use a cane now. Yes. And I know that was a struggle because you're stubborn. Yes. I mean, but this is where you give a lot of people inspiration is they see you walking every single day here to the Haven. Mm-hmm. Like, you get up, you get out the door, and you walk. And then the day you got your scooter, that was just like, I was triumphant. We were all so proud of that little scooter you've got. and yeah. But you still walk sometimes. Yeah. You still made it a point. And it's very difficult. It's yes. very difficult for you to walk. Yes, I had, I had to, uh, I had to 
get out there, even though I got that scooter, I still had to walk so I can still stay in shape so it won't get me down and down and down. If I just ride that scooter all the time, then that's it's like, <laughs> like you're giving in. Yeah, I'm giving in. Like I ask myself, why am I even living? And that's one thing we've learned about you is you don't give up. Yeah. You don't give up. You fight fiery. As a matter of fact, I remember you and Charity fighting fiery <laughs> together one yeah. time. Um, the two y'all have personalities that I just love. Y'all just tickle me to death. But I want to ask another question that's probably a little bit difficult. Um, we kind of visited your emotional state. And before we go on to the next question, what were your thoughts like? What kind of things did you find yourself thinking about when you were in those dark places? Uh, well, I did think about this. I thought about putting a gun to my head and just pulling the trigger so then I start thinking I'm like well can I say this before I get into the yes question? that's yes please uh, do I want to say that charity is giving us background music over here I want to say that by by me giving this the Lord really get, got into me. and I start thinking because my my brother is a pastor, and he corrected me one time on this. I was like, I got on Facebook and say, well, since I came to the Lord and everything, and this, and my brother seen this, and my brother's like, the Lord, you didn't come to the Lord. The Lord came to you. Amen. The Lord came to you. And I start thinking, I was like, well, the Lord has been coming to me. I was hard-headed, not listening. And I, and I say this, I said, I bet if I would have listened and everything, that I probably wouldn't have multiple scrolls. Maybe, but maybe not. If yeah. People, there's really people who are really dedicated, and mm-hmm. they still get cancer, and they still get diabetes and they still get things that's wrong with them all because i mean yeah i feel like sometimes we can be punished in certain ways but i don't god also says it's through your weakness that i am given the glory right you know and it's instances like sean where he leans on god so it's not just being bad right i mean you know my sister she can't talk my daughter can't talk i don't think that they're that way because they were bad or i was bad you know some people are just they go through bad circumstances and we can't control that and I don't feel like it's anything that you did wrong I don't think you're being punished I don't think yeah. that I don't want you to think that way towards God and feel like oh he, he done this to me because I didn't listen to him I don't think that's the case no I don't I don't think that because I've been in church all my life and, and I play the drums and everything and like I was I was out there in the world like every time I would go to church. I would go out there in the world and start being bad. Well, God had seen that. And he would like, you know what? I got to get his attention. Because he, he's a hard-headed little boy. And he won't, will not listen. I got 
to get his attention. Well, it does say in Hebrews that the Lord chastises his children and those that are not chastised do not have a father. And that was just proof that you were saved in Christ. If you were being chastised and he was getting your attention, then, you know, your daddy was sitting there going, John, get back over here. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) You look, you have a look on your face and the people on this phone or this podcast can't see that look on your face but when you're going yeah yeah and your yeah's kept escalating the look on your face said, yeah i yeah there was a lot of chastising yeah it was now because, go on yeah because i i remember i remember this like when i used to be out there in the streets all the time and everything because i remember i'd be out there saturday night Drinking and going on. Then I wake up Sunday morning and have a big old hangover, hangover back. <laughs> and my mom was like, "Well, you shouldn't have been out there in the street. Get your butt up, cause you're going to church." <laughs> so I'm like, "Dang, you gotta play drums and everything. You're going to church." So I remember sitting in church one time, and I just had this hangover. And I remember I had to get up and go run to the bathroom because I had a big old hangover. I had to throw up <laughs> at church. But that made me sit and think, like, Sean, you, you really need to stop doing all this crazy stuff. And was that before you got, that was before you got diagnosed mm-hmm. with MS? Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He lived quite the wild life. <laughs> the four multiple sclerosis. Now, you're also a good example of, you said that you could hear God talking to you. But you're also a good example of it doesn't matter how, how we walk with God. It doesn't matter if we walk with God um, stronger than others. The devil's still going to whisper in your ears. The devil's still going to either lure you into sin or tell you you're not enough. Mm-hmm. Tell you you're not good enough. And he did a lot of whispering I remember when you first came to the Haven, you said the Haven saved your life. You would sit at home and you would tell me, I have dark thoughts, really dark thoughts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you already said you had thought about putting a gun to your head. Um, I don't know how many times you had thought about that. Yes. So thought about that a lot of times. So it's safe to say that the devil can get in there and sway us whether we're saved in Christ or not. You know, and it's not just sin. A lot of people think he's just going to pull you towards a sinful life. But his goal is to oppress, you know, to to steal our joy, to mm-hmm. steal our, our safety in the Lord. Um, but you you have always overcome that. Yes. You know, it's like God always manages to break through that voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let me ask you another question that um, a lot of people out there are probably going to want to, you know, know about and they themselves probably don't know about. Um, It's something I feel like both you and Charity actually have answers to. Here you are, you're diagnosed with with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. Now, I have health issues, but I'm also blessed to have a husband who works a fantastic job and has health insurance. So I don't have to stress too much over my health issues because I have the ability to have co-pays or 
you know, I can meet deductibles and not pay anything. What's it like to be slammed with the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis? Not be able to get on disability due to your age. You're, you finally got disability, but it took you a little while to get approved for disability. Mm-hmm. Financially, how do you... And you have children that are special needs and a sister that is disabled. Mm-hmm. I would imagine those... I mean, do you get treatment every time you need it? Do you find, And transportation to get to and from... We live here in rural America, you know, it's not like there's taxi cabs or buses or subways or trains. Um, Closest hospital doctor's offices are 20, 30, 40 minutes out. So, I mean, what's it like financially? We'll start with that one first. Financially? There's been some things that... Because, see, you're also diabetic. Yes, I'm I'm a diabetic, and I'm going to tell you that story later on we'll save that for another podcast okay yeah and uh now financial i've been okay because i got my like my aunt my grandmama and all them and they help you with the doctor's appointments Mm -hmm. paying for your medications but see when i got on disability i didn't get insurance so i had to I got away, and in August of this year, I will have insurance. So here you've had multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't know you had it previously, so you've had MS for at least four or five years, undiagnosed. You now know you have multiple sclerosis, yeah. but you're uninsured. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine you're not going to the doctors as often as you should to be getting the treatment you should be getting. No, I ain't until I found out this Erlanger health thing that they got going on up there. And I signed up for the Erlanger health thing, and I'm with them now. So I can go see any doctor as long as it's at Erlanger. That's a I financial can't. assistance they provide you. Yeah, that's... That's basically before I got in that health thing. Uh, I was paying out out of pocket for some of my my stuff. Like my like, I hadn't took insulin for my diabetes in a long, long time because my insulin is over five hundred dollars. Is that a month? Based, per prescription. Yeah, pers- yeah. prescription. Mm-hmm over five hundred dollars. So now And that's it, not counting the needles. Yes. Yes. And now that uh now that when I get my insurance I'm I'm just waiting patiently. I'm not gonna try to rush it to come on just waiting patiently. And I know I got faith enough. I know it's gonna come. So and see, this isn't for the lack of looking. I mean, you tried to find means of assistance financially. And I hear this a lot, and I'm sure you come into this obstacle a good bit. There's just not a lot of provision out there. Not for medical care. There's es- not. Especially certain age groups. Uh, definitely. If you're an adult, if you're over, uh, if you're an adult, you're over 18, and you make more than $700 a month, you cannot get Medicaid. Or if you, you have don't to have get children. State or, yeah, you have to have children. Um, you can't get state insurance. You have to get, and it's like $300 a month. You know, See, like, I've met people in their 50s 
trying to get Medicaid for health. I mean, they have a lot of health problems, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're turned down because they don't have any dependents. Right. They don't have any children. Sean, you had to go without a lot of your treatments. Mm-hmm. You had to go without your insulin. You you didn't have a meter to check your blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you're supposed to get infusions, you've missed some infusions for your MS. And that wasn't just an issue of finances. That was also an issue of transportation. Mm-hmm. While you have the support group, they're not always able to take you back and forth. Yes. Because I understand that that support group do that. I can't talk. You're fine. Take they, your time. They, I understand they got jobs and everything. They got stuff they got to do on that they got to do. You know, I understand that. So, a lot of times I just go ahead and cancel. I would call first and see if they take me. Then I would just go ahead and cancel if they can't take me. Well, my uh, my infusions, I hadn't did that in a while because I know that we're going through a a rough time right now in this this whole world that early early they they probably you know what I'm saying they probably got a lot of stuff up there with people with the COVID-19 and all that stuff now you I understand feel like you're an extra burden yeah I I understand and that and that's one thing I don't want to be a burden but on. you're not a burden yeah <sighs> but you're not a burden so the reason I asked you the questions about the dark thoughts and the insurance and the financial aspect, nobody thinks about these things. No. You know, we see people with health problems. Like, it's really easy to talk about your multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Like, we could spend an entire day talking about your symptoms, talking about how hard it is, talking about what you lost, what you gained, but we don't ever hear about the fact that financially it's taxing if Very. you don't have insurance. Very. I you have know. a $700 biopsy yeah. bill that I have to pay that I haven't, you know, my mom just died, so we were paying her funeral off, and it's like I've got all this other stuff going on with lawyers and court fees that I'm scared to pay that 700 bill off because I may need that money that I have for a lawyer, and, and it's like you, I have to prioritize and if you don't pay that seven hundred dollars for the biopsy i can't go back and and it wasn't an option for you not to have the biopsy because no. you had cancer previously so it wasn't like you could just say eh, right. no we're not going to do this right i had to go and if you don't pay it back you're gonna start getting letters yeah. from lawyers saying yes. you know we gotta it, have we've this. moved it to a, a billing company there's no compassion there's no okay no. you they know they didn't care that i had to pay for my mother's funeral last month they just care that they want their their and money that's because they see so much of it and you know my prayer is one of these days instead of being demanding of the money coming in they stop and they say why is this an issue I really feel like universal health care should... I mean, they do it in other places. I don't understand why they can't do it here. At least, uh, there has to be something... There has something to be some that can, kind of yeah, reform. Something. I mean, we have a young man here who is literally battling this this awful disease. He can't work. And, he, and he's, he's young. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a whole life ahead of him and struggles with finding... A way to the doctor. Uh, like, just, we just, don't live in... 
you know, like we are here in America, it shouldn't ever. It shouldn't be that hard and for everybody to get healthcare. And ministries like ours are disappearing. Like people There's are not another place like this. Well, I've never seen. I know one. the Haven's unique, but ministries in general right. are starting to disappear. There's nowhere he can call who solely focuses on driving him back and forth to meet his needs. Um, so these are all things that aren't often talked about, and these are all battles. Half of this stuff has got to bring you to dark places. I mean, you already said you don't want to be a burden. Definitely. And that's a hospital. The last place you're going to burden Sean is a hospital. It's what they're there for. They're not looking at Sean going, well, here comes Sean again. He's such a burden to us. You know, that's that's not the view, but that's how you feel because you're so dependent on everybody right now. You're, you're losing your independence. And that has to be scary. You know, being a man, an adult, and then just thinking, you know, how long am I going to be able to live this way by myself on my own? And how many people are going to put up with the fact that I'm I'm this, you know, this needy? And you and I have talked about that. Mm -hmm. Right down to the fact that you can't fill out applications, you can't do paperwork, you have to listen to scripture on audio. Um, There's a lot of impacts. But with all that said and all that done... You triumph through the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have been a huge testimony. We hear mm-hmm. a lot, walk it, don't talk it, you know. And and we can go about the streets and hear people about, well, I love my God and I'm blessed and this is what God's done for me. And then you turn around and you see them and they're not, they're not that testimony. They're not that physical witness. And then we look at people like Sean and we're like, that is the strength of God dwelling in that man. Mm-hmm. That is a man when he says, I am blessed. And when he says, I am leaning on God, we see it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know it. And every once in a while, people <laughs> will tell him, Sean, you don't know how much you mean to me. Yeah. You know, you don't know how many bad days you've gotten me through. And that's what we need to say. Right. I mean, we're not telling people this. Right. We wait till they're gone and we gather around a funeral and we say, well, he did this for me or he did right. that for me. We need to let people know. So I've told you before, Terry's grandmother died. She, you know, she was sick. They knew she was getting sick. And at her church, they, they she got up and she sat on the stage in a big chair. And everybody from her church and all her friends yes, and her family, yes. they, they got up and they told her what they loved her, why they loved her, all the good things before about her. Before she passed but, away. Yeah, they knew she was getting sick. And they wanted to have like a little service for her that she could be a part of. That she could know how loved she was by everybody before she passed away and I've never seen I've never seen anything like that and it was it was like wow like I didn't know they'd done that but I've never seen anybody else do it since then either and I'm like see I don't care who you are maybe it embarrasses you maybe it makes you uncomfortable um but we all like to hear how we're influencing people even though it embarrasses us on the inside we're smiling and I think it's something we all need to hear because it helps us push that little bit further you know, it helps us Definitely. see. If you know that you're making a difference in somebody's life or somebody's routine or making a difference in any way, that's going to make you want to help more, to do mm-hmm. more. If you know if you know what you're doing is being, you know, accepted or, you know, you're, somebody's gaining off of it, you're going to want to, you're not going to, oh, well, this is getting me nowhere. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep coming here every day waiting on somebody to need me, you know, when, I don't know. I think that's one of Sean's drives. I think that's one of the reasons he gets up and gets out of the house is because he knows, you know, I I have to get over here and see these people. I have to. 
And if he didn't, he wouldn't be a testimony. You know, he can talk about God's strength all he wants, but sitting at home on his couch is not going to prove that strength, is it? No, we're not. No. Well, Sean, we are out of time. I was going to say running out of time, but I always try to keep these things um, 30 minutes or less, and we're at 32 minutes. And I have a feeling that each time we do a podcast, it's probably going to go longer depending on who we're talking to. Um, But let me ask you if you could say, one thing out of this whole conversation we've had here right now if you could pick one thing that you could say to encourage somebody whether it's multiple sclerosis diabetes whatever health issue emotional maybe they have no health problems but they're suicidal you know maybe they've lost their family at a young age if you could pick any of those things what's the one thing you want to say to them uh I'm gonna I'm say this because this is the key thing. Keep God first. Amen. Keep God first, and you see, you will see the wonders and the wonderful things that He would do in your life if you keep God first, because He is number one. He is the head man in charge. The H M I C, the head man in, in charge. charge. Yes. Now, for those of you, you know, you you can hear it, but you can't see it. Sean got so excited saying that, and you could hear this, and that was Sean tapping the table, enunciating every word when he said, "I wouldn't have been able to think that fast." Keep God first. How could I got confused? Well, he is a drummer after all. <laughs> You know, that kind of comes natural. Um, well, Sean, I guess we're going to come back with you because you want to share your story about diabetes someday. Uh-huh. So someday down the future, we'll revisit you. But as for right now, thank you for joining Charity and I as we okay. picked your brain about your walk. Okay. And okay. goodbye, everybody. Till next time. If you want to be a part of our Haven ministry, you can do so through prayer and support us. You can also make a monetary donation through our Facebook page at the Haven Lafette. We are a ministry outreach here in Georgia that works with several different people and personalities, helping them overcome, giving them a hand up instead of a handout, and doing our best to teach that the foundation of Christ is the most important thing we could have. Bye, everybody.